Good morning. Is that, do we do good morning, good evening, good afternoon? That's what we do. <laughs> Let's do it. Good morning. Are we doing it? Too? <laughs> Here we go. I say good morning. You say good evening. And then together. Okay. Good morning. Good evening. Good, good afternoon. afternoon. Nailed it. Thank you. One I'm not trick hopeless. Wonder. Is that what that means? A one trick pony. <laughs> I almost said that, but wonder sounded better. A one trick wonder. Here we are. We are here. It is episode two. I know the millions of fans out there have been. The 111. Million. <laughs> Yeah, well, let's just throw the word million on the end of that. 111 million of you who are tuning in and, and lying in wait. We're here. We're back. You can breathe now. I was pretty pleased. If, if the first episode was the worst of the worst, I still think we did an amazing job. Because since I did the edits on that, I had to listen to it about 4,000 times. So are you just saying, are you just giving yourself a... A compliment. Yeah, you must. You're familiar with how it feels to pat yourself on the back. It's true. I do it all the time. You're I probably sore from have, doing it so much. Normally, don't have use of both of my hands because I'm just always patting myself on the back. Yeah, I am. I'm learning from you. It's the training program. It's, I know. There's so many levels, but you're you're doing a great job. You're ascending well. Thank you. Sure. How was your week? Um, my week was good. It's, it's, it's COVID. So the most exciting thing I did was, um, go to the vet right now. The way, <laughs> <laughs> what, what's the way, how do, how do vets work, Tanya? Yeah. Bring wait, wait, let's back up. What is a vet? <laughs> do we need to lay? I'll lay see myself out. I literally foundational just, I got here an hour ago and now I'm ready to leave because I'm not here Perfect. for this. You bring your animal to the front door. You don't even go in with them. They send out a vet tech. They come get your dog or cat. And so I was waiting with Nora for the vet tech to come get her. And this girl walks up. She's wearing a Carhartt beanie. She is wearing a flannel. Immediately, I was like, my people. And not only that, but she was very attractive. So I decided that I was going to flirt with her. And when they came out to get her dog, they were like, oh, is this Kevin? And I was like, A, I love a fucking dog with a human name. 100% love that. And um, so they took Kevin and they took Nora and we're both just kind of stood out there for a moment. And I was like, Nora's also a human name. Yeah. I was like, this is your time to shine, you know. Pressure's on. What are you going to say? This is your moment. Let me tell you what I said to her. I said, I love your dog's name. If I had a dog named Kevin, I would scream it as though I was in the movie Home Alone, you know, the iconic moment where whenever Catherine O'Hara realizes that Kevin is not there and just goes, Kevin! Kevin! <laughs> and um, yeah, so she slowly backed away from me. She kind of like chuckled, probably just to make me feel good. And she retreated back into her Toyota Tacoma to wait for her dog to be done as humanly far away from me as she could be. But here's the thing. Is using Home Alone to pick up chicks a great idea? Maybe not. Yes, but also... It's a, I'm just going to cut you off right there. I think it's a great idea. 
And you know what? If she didn't get the reference, if she didn't think it was funny, then goodbye. If you don't want to have sex with me while we listen to Somewhere in My Memory by John Williams. Don't want to know you. Don't want to know you. So I think actually I, I dodged a bullet on that one. but Yeah, seriously. Yeah. Also, this is how I flirt with women. So, yeah. You know. So if you're out there in Salt Lake City and, and somebody... Somebody hits on you with a Home Alone reference. Yeah. If you, know, you want, Tanya. if you want to do cosplay dressed as the Pigeon Lady from Home Alone Two: Lost in New York, I'm your girl. Hit me up. Yeah, she's not. She's not kidding. It's a thing. <laughs> it's, there's, there is a costume. The first question that we got in um, was from a friend of the podcast. I've been in an incredible job for about 10 years. I really like the work that I do. I love the people I work with. I feel supported and respected by my coworkers. I use many of my innate skills, but my job also requires that I grow and learn new things. My job is very flexible, provides great benefits, and allows me to largely support my family. Overall, I believe the work I do has a positive impact on the world. However, sometimes I wonder whether I should be doing something different with my life. I wonder whether I should try to find something that makes better use of most of my skills and has a much more direct positive impact on the lives of people. What do you think I should do? Where do you live? What's your social security number? Can I single white female you and take over your life? Because it sounds like you have a legit setup. And as somebody that's had a lot of different careers in my life and worked in a lot of different industries and worked in different parts of the country, I would say to have... To be compensated well, to work with great people, and to feel like you're doing something positive in the world, that's the holy grail. Truly. So I think, you know, grass is always greener. Didn't I say this last time? Yes. <laughs> Apparently this is my... You love that green grass girl. This is my mantra. Green grass girl. I'm a green grass girl. <laughs> Um, I think it's, I think it's easy to, to always look and, and think, and I think that's actually a healthy thing to do. I think that's healthy to, yeah. to say, what more can I be doing? And is this right? But I would say if you feel like there maybe are certain aspects that you aren't, um, flexing in your career, then do them in your personal life, you know, and you can also pick up hobbies and passions and, have a balance and yes would you like to <laughs> no, say I was going to say the one the one <laughs> the one note that I had was yeah just pursue your passions outside of work whatever interests or intrigues you you can find a way to be involved in that and you never know it may actually like escalate into an eventual career change yeah like pursue what interests you outside of work but I think it's very rare that you hit all of those things of having a job that feels good, that treats you well, and... Extremely rare. Extremely rare. Buy a bongo drum and pick up a hacky sack on the weekend. This is the second time that you've referenced needing a hacky sack this week, so... It's my new thing. Guess I know what we're doing all weekend. A hard hacky hang. bringing back the hacky. (laughs) B-Y-O-H-S. Sure. <laughs> it that really rolls off the tongue. It does not it? at all. I thought that it would more, and then it started coming out of my mouth, and I immediately yeah. regretted it. Yeah, okay. But meet me in the quad. <laughs> I will. I'll meet you in the quad. Bring your hacky. I'll bring mine. We'll have a hacky off. A hacky off. 
that's what this podcast is about. It's the stories good. that come from other stories. The windy roads, it's the forks, it's the lefts and the rights, or the straights aheads. <laughs> I'm just gonna add S's to the end of the ends of everything. Alright, for <clears throat> oh, there I go with that throat clearing. Get that throat cleared. So, another question. I have trouble with vulnerability. I like to exude an air of everything is fine, even when it's not. How do I soften and show people how I really am without scaring them away? (laughs) This is clearly a question for you, our spiky cacti friend. I mean, first of all, it's hard, right? It's it's hard to be vulnerable with people, and it, it... sets you up potentially for hurt and for pain and and for people to reject you. Right. So, um, I think you kind of have to first come to terms with why you're afraid of that and, and, uh, and be able to let go of that because the reality is when you're vulnerable, you are probably going to get hurt and there are going to be people who won't, be cool with it and who won't accept you for who you are. But I say go into it and jump into it because the people who can't sit with you in those spaces, who can't hold space for you um, are not the kind of people that you want in your life. I think when, when you're the type of person who always puts on a, a front that everything's okay everything's all right. I totally get that. I'm I'm very much that person. Um, then you don't necessarily know who the real friends are in your life and who the real people are in your life. So I would say push yourself to have those tough conversations, even if it feels really uncomfortable. Um, even if it's scary because, Life is short and you don't want to waste your time fucking around with people who aren't going to have your back and who aren't real ass people. So raps, raps, surround yourself with raps. Yeah. That's all. That's what I got. Yeah. You've definitely changed a lot in this respect. I think showing my vulnerability. (laughs) I legitimately have a note that says, vulnerability because every time that we watch the bachelor because like vulnerability is just like a word that's used again and again always it's like amazing journey vulnerability but every time they say it it sounds like boner ability so andrew and i have affectionately started referring to vulnerability as vulnerability (laughs) yeah surround yourself with people who make you feel safe and of course to I know that sometimes it's hard. I I am the absolute worst. Um, It's very glaringly obvious when I'm falling apart, but I also am good at hiding it. So um, therapy is really effective for me, just having like a third party who's removed from your life that it's, yeah, it's their (laughs) job to be there. Coming out in COVID, how do you find support and queer community in a time that doesn't align with being around people. Well, if you're coming out in COVID, a good place to start is my mask collection. 
because I have one that's covered in twats, one that says namaste gay, and another one that has rainbows all over it. Sorry to interrupt, but for whatever reason, when you said mask collection, what I imagined was like a wall of wooden masks. I wish that was the truth, and I will work on that for you. So the next time you come over my house to help me hang things, it's a wall of wooden masks. I also have a large collection of Mexican luchador masks down in the basement. So if ever you want to pop one of those on, I've got about five of them. I don't know why that's why we're not recording the podcast in them. Well, maybe we are. Nobody knows. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Firstly, if you're if you're coming out in COVID, the first thing that I thought about was actually making sure that you're safe. Being from Utah, it's a place with a history of a very large LGBTQ plus homeless community. Um, Unfortunately, there's still a bit of religious oppression and people that get, you know, kicked out of their house for being gay or trans or what have you. So make sure that you're safe. The Utah Pride Center is one really good resource. They can help refer you to services that you need. Um, There is also an app called Safe Utah and it's just Safe UT. And it will refer you to counselors, crisis intervention, anything like that. So if you are coming out and you don't feel safe, seek appropriate resources. There's plenty of them out there. Um, And as far as being a queer in quarantine, that's quarantining, like myself, um, social media is where I've gone to find gay communities. I've fallen down this lesbian TikTok hole so far that I can't, I will never get out of it. Instagram, Facebook. You can also just join dating apps. I'm not a huge fan of this as, I mean, I hate dating apps anyways, but when people are like, just looking for friends, that's a fine thing to do. And there's even like a part of Bumble where you can do Bumble BFF as opposed to like Bumble for dating. And when I moved up to rural, when I moved up to rural Northern Idaho, I did do Bumble BFF and met like a few queer people that way that I just like met up with and had drinks with. So you can do that. Yeah, I mean, I think I, I think having a support system is really important, and um, especially right now when we're already kind of isolated and, and alone a lot of the time, and even if it's just just one person that you can rely yeah. on and and um, be transparent with and and feel safe with. So, next question for Andrea is tips for building confidence. I'm going to let you feel this one since my way of building confidence is getting it from strangers on the internet. (laughs) Yeah, okay. That's definitely not how I build my confidence. (laughs) I know. This is why it's your question and not mine. (laughs) I think, I mean, a lot of confidence comes with age. And... Absolutely. I think there's always been... I've always had threads of it in myself but I think until I hit kind of 30 plus I didn't really feel completely confident in myself I think you know one of the important things is to take a look at the things that you do love about yourself and your unique and innate abilities because those are yours and they are very special And I think we can take for granted a lot of times um, those things about ourselves that come very naturally. Um, But 
just because they come naturally to you doesn't mean they come naturally to other people. And it's important to appreciate those things. I think, you know, part of being confident is finding your voice and being okay to fail. <laughs> and Familiar with that? <laughs> Personally? And being willing to learn. Um, I think that's a big part of it as well. And being humble uh, in who you are. And I think there's a really big difference between confidence and having an ego. and Confidence and cockiness. Yeah. Two very, very different things. And I think confidence to me is somebody that is willing to listen and to learn um, and to take those lessons forward with them versus somebody who's just... To be self-aware enough to accept feedback and truly, truly accept feedback. Yeah. And to have humility and and to be humble. Um, I think that that's part... That's actually a big part of, of being confident. Um, and I think sometimes being confident can be misconstrued for arrogance or, you know, cockiness, but it's, it's quite different. So it's something that certainly is an everyday um, evolution, I think. And it's a practice. Yeah, it's... Uh, you know, some days we don't feel confident. Some days I don't feel confident. And that's okay. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, I also feel like confidence is just like, it, it can be very like intimidating to people. Confidence is not really celebrated. <laughs> I feel like a lot of times, like when I'm confident and I feel like, especially in like a work setting as a woman, mm-hmm. for me personally... Um, my confidence in my skill set and what I'm doing and my position, a lot of times it is construed as like negative. Ugh. It's Don't yeah, the biggest even get biggest siren. Well, no, it's just like when a woman is confident. A lot of the time, it is viewed as like negative. Yeah, I yeah. know. It's I yeah. I live in I, I live. I uh, I work in a very heavily male dominated industry and we both have it's um (laughs) it's challenging to be a a, you know I'm I'm assertive and I know that that word has been construed in a way to be a very pejorative and you know it's it's very extremely frustrating to be confident, to be assertive, to be articulate, to have your voice, uh, to be competent, and then for you to be described as, you know, being a drill sergeant. Yeah, or, or bossy, or... Ex- bossy, or bitchy, or all these words yeah. that I've... Having an attitude, you know, that that word Where, is the most misogynistic word, yeah. I think, in, like, and, all of corporate and otherwise America in the workplace. I know. There's, there's some meme that's on Instagram that I love that it's like, hey, if you're called bossy and you're just being assertive, like, keep going, and it, like, lists out all of these words that essentially, like, for male colleagues, it's, like, positive, 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 but if you're a woman, it's... Yeah. Ugh. 
Oh yeah. I yeah. Know. I, I mean, know. personally, we know we don't have to have this conversation, but it's, it's a very frustrating one that I'm sure a lot of people can relate with. To be a woman in the workplace, to have a career, you have to be perfect. You literally have to be perfect. Any tiny thing will be held there's, against you. There's like a weird little mold that you have to fill. Whereas like I've worked with dudes who have said the most fucked up shit to me. Like I've worked with people oh, who are CEOs get over me it. and yeah. it's absolutely insane. Yeah. And it can, it can definitely strike your confidence <laughs> for sure. Sure did. But I, I refuse to let it uh, beat me down yeah. and all I can do is just look forward and say, you know what, that's not me. And one of the best things my mom ever said to me was in a situation where somebody was behaving in a kind of a nasty way, in an immature way, and it, it was putting me down and she just said, well, at least you're not them, and you're better than that. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, Kyle. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. At least I'm what a not woman. them. <laughs> and that was one of the best, best things she's ever said to me, and I always think about that. It's like, well, you know what? I'm better than that. I'm better than putting people down and, and uh, yeah. stepping on people's backs. And I will continue to rise up. I will continue to have my voice and be heard and I don't care because you're if people... a confident ass woman exactly. you're a caw <laughs> confident <laughs> ass woman yeah call me a bitch call me a drill sergeant sorry clear the old tonsils I don't have tonsils. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> they were taken from me. <laughs> Clear the old... Do you have prosthetics? No. <laughs> Does anybody get tonsil prosthetics? <laughs> oh, my God. I don't know. Thank you for triggering me about all the strep throat I got in elementary school. Maybe. Jesus. Okay. Well, I got really bad ear infections, so... Yeah, I had tubes. I had tubes twice <laughs> is this a childhood <laughs> medical face-off this a tube competition because if it is i win twice also headgear oh all right i'll give you the headgear i'll raise you a headgear i and wish you still had it more than anything and a head oof. you know i i would not put it past residing in a box somewhere i i i feel like one day if it does, and you put it on eBay, I will be the highest bidder. <laughs> there's no, there's no reality in which I'm putting my headgear on eBay. If anything, I would, I would frame it up. Oh, you're right. I wish I, you know, I probably still have my retainer. I still wear a retainer every night. I'm a night guard because I I'll grab have my a teeth. Night, a night guard, yeah, me too. But that's different from a retainer. It's like you know that old purple, purple palette. Oh my god, do you know that my retainer that I had on my top teeth, you could pick out like a cool design? Yeah, oh yeah. Mine was a watermelon. <gasps> Your favorite. I remember they had those. Yeah, welcome to it. Oh my god, I think mine was purple to match my purple pager. Of course, because you had a pager. 
course I did. There's a question. Pagers and headgears. That's the name of our episode. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Done and done. 100%. I will post, I do have that great picture of me walking around Disney World and just, you know, full confidence, just just strutting my shit around Disney World in broad daylight in a headgear, giving zero fucks. I love this. And that's Andrea's bit about confidence. Yeah, actually. Now, I just realized that's how you're cuff. If you didn't have a headgear, get one now. Walk around in it for a year. You'll get confidence. (laughs) Everybody needs Needs a good uh, confident headgear. Year, year of the headgear. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we just figured it out. And hey, guess what? Result, good teeth. <laughs> yeah, you do have good teeth. <laughs> it was all worth it. Yeah. That fucking headgear. Okay. What are the best things to do for yourself after a breakup to heal? You can start by listening to Andrea. <laughs> because she's always right and it is so annoying get yourself an andrea get yourself an andrea listen to what she says hate every second but um, okay okay but but let's just let's just let's just i i allow and give a lot of space for you to get and for anybody to get there on their own time because you can't you can you can give advice you can you know you can't force the horse to the corral. What's the saying? I think you, you just made one up. Pull the horse. You can't get the horse to drink. Oh God! Why can't I? <laughs> you know what the phrase is. In this scenario, I am the horse. Um, I would say my number one lesson is keeping time and space and actually following through with it. Even if it's an amicable breakup, don't be checking in on the other person. That's not your job and it's not healthy. I think with my last breakup, which was really, really hard and super traumatic for both of us, a huge mistake that we made was trying to process together. That is the, that is always my number one. Even if it's my last breakup was pretty okay and even then I'm just like time space like actually separate separate feel Complete, the feels completely but completely like yeah. you just you, 100% you, any time and you know it's hard to especially when you've been with somebody for a few years or even a year whatever it is it's hard to cut that person out of your life and it feels like you're cutting off an appendage you know yeah that is the only way you can move on from somebody is is just to completely cut yourself off. Because here's the thing. Otherwise, it's a wound, right? It's, it's a fresh wound. And every time you talk to that person, every time you have interaction with that person, you are ripping open that wound again. And that wound needs time to heal. And it will not heal if you keep scratching at it. Yeah. Let's just, just, so all you have to think about is a bloody pussy wound (laughs) on your arm. And do you want to scratch at it? No, you don't want to scratch at that pussy wound. You want to put some Neosporin on it, slap a plaster on. That's for all you British people (laughs) listening. Let that thing heal, you know, it's important. Yeah. 
and just to fully feel it all and know that there's not a fucking recipe for this shit. It hurts. It's difficult. It's not pretty. I can't tell you how many times I just like sobbed face first into a carpet and left like mascara stains on it or that I probably single-handedly kept Lay's potato chips in business by just like eating potato chips in bed and crying by myself. Get yourself a cauldron. (laughs) Get yourself a voodoo doll. Have locks of hair and toads and newts. (laughs) (laughs) And create yourself a cauldron of healing. Metaphorical or not, you choose if you have a cauldron. I mean, I would love a cauldron, so please send it. Send, send me a cauldron. I would say just like boundaries. If you've set boundaries with somebody after a breakup, to absolutely hold to them because the only way you're smirking at me in a way that you know that I didn't do this with my last breakup, so enjoy gloating over there. But the only way that people are going to break your boundaries is if you allow it. And so if you've kind of had these boundaries with an X of like, we're not going to do A, B, or C, like hold to it. Yeah. And therapy, obviously, this is the second time already that I've referenced therapy. Both you and I are huge proponents of therapy um, personally in our own lives. And I mean, after this last breakup was also the first time I saw a psychiatrist since I was a teenager and there's... No shame and opting into that store-bought serotonin game. So Yeah, I mean, I obviously turn to your friends, you know, and your, yeah. your friends are your support system during that. And that's my big, I mean, I think that's probably my biggest, yeah. um, <clears throat> my biggest method in healing from, from anything, whether it's a breakup or something, is just, you know, getting that consolation and in, in people you love and um, allowing yourself the ability to break down and, and being okay with not being okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right? I'm crying. I know. <laughs> Our tears sat. Tears are. Tears are. I see are wet droplets. It's it's brought me back to a time, but I would say also, um, you know, and looking at a relationship as a learning experience, and taking the the last breakup that I had, I asked, hey, like, do you have any feedback for me? And you don't always have to agree with it, but taking feedback from other people and actually thinking about it because, you know, I think about that one very drawn out bad breakup that I had and in she was not right about a lot of things but there were things that she wasn't wrong about so it is an opportunity to take a long hard look at yourself and look at some of your demons look at some of your dark places and to learn from it and grow from it and I really do think even though this last year was one of the hardest years of my life that so so much good came from that really devastating experience for me. You just need some chicken fingers, and you need some wine. Everything's fine. And everything's fine. Chicken fingers, wine, everything's Everything's fine. fine. (laughs) Just the theme song. Question from another friend. I love to travel and want to live abroad someday. My boyfriend says he's interested in traveling and being abroad, 
But when opportunities have arisen for us to travel together, he chooses his career and staying home over going on an adventure with me. So I'm left to adventure out solo. How long should I wait to pursue my dreams of living abroad and traveling in lieu of being in a relationship with someone who says one thing but is doing another? I mean, I feel like there are two options here. The first being dumping him yesterday or just dumping having... Dumping him today. Yeah. <laughs> or having an honest conversation about what you want. Um, there might be a third option now, actually, that I think about it. Just move to Portugal and see if he follows. If you are really passionate about something, and and I can relate to this because travel to me is probably my number one passion, and it's something that I just, it, it's a deal breaker for me. It's something that I always want to do, and and I want a partner to do that with. So if I was with somebody who had no interest in doing that with me, then you were fundamentally misaligned in exactly. what you want out of life. And, you know, it's really, yeah, it's cool to be able to venture out by yourself, but I think you get to a certain age. I mean, I traveled around South America for six months alone when I was in my 20s, and I wouldn't trade that for the world, but... I also don't really want to do it again. It was hard and it's, it's difficult uh, traveling alone. And I think you get to a certain point in your life when you want a, a partner or somebody to do that with. And if that is such a fundamental part of who you are and what you want, and I don't give a shit if they say they want something. Action is everything. Yeah. And if they're not doing it, they are never going to do it. And life is too short. Move on. Yeah. I mean, if you're misaligned on this, what else are you misaligned on? I, so it's probably an indicator. If this is a very core value, and I know that it is, that's important to you, you need to pan out of the relationship and, I mean, really look at what else is wrong with it. I think if living abroad is something that's really important to you, and the person you're with doesn't even want to take a trip with you abroad, then it's probably pretty unlikely that they're willing to uproot their lives and move abroad with you. Um, and you know, it's, it speaks to kind of a core, um, a core value of adventure, right. And risk taking. And if you're that type of person that loves adventure and loves taking a little bit of risk, but the person you're with isn't even willing to, you know, go out of the tri-state area, then probably not the person for you. Yeah. And just like something that I've experienced with getting, I'm not old. I realize that 35 is not exactly being old, but the older I get, like the less time I have to waste. So if you are in the infancy of a relationship and really figuring out what it is, this is, it's, it's a great time to opt out. Yeah. Yeah. And for every person that's not right for you, there's probably three more that are better aligned with who you are and what you deserve. One hundy. <laughs> One hundy handjobs. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Why handjobs? I don't know. We've had a... One hundy BJs and HJs. <laughs> OTPHJs over the pants. I mean, it was the theme of the week. 
It was the fantasy <laughs> suites on Bachelor Nation. I love the idea that over the pants hand jobs were the theme of the week. <laughs> we communicate in sounds. I met someone cute at an outdoor distance fire and felt excited. Do we have chemistry or is it just COVID? After blurting out, I like you, unexpectedly, what's my next move? So, <laughs> when you say, or is it just COVID, are you experiencing hot flashes in a, in a hot temperature? Do you feel a it heaviness be, on your chest? It could be COVID. What's you should go- get tested. What's going on with your nasal cavity? <laughs> um, I, I mean, it seems pretty easy. I think, you know, yeah. you say you, you like the person. Your next move is... Get in touch with that cutie. What's their number? You know, let's talk a little bit. Let's hang out. You know, just be bold. Fuck it. It's yeah. life's too short. I'm just no, gonna keep I'm, saying that. Life's too short. Have, Are we? We're all dying. I tomorrow. have two phrases: life's too short and grass is always greener. Flirt and see if there's an actual connection. I would assume I know where you're from. It's a very small community, so you'll be seeing them around the corner. It's <laughs> Moscow, Idaho. <laughs> Don't help this person. Oh, it's just, it's Hanny wouldn't care. (laughs) (laughs) Hannah would be feeling herself if she knew we answered her question. She'd be in front of a mirror just fist pumping and texting this person. Well, she is now because she had just <laughs> told our 111 million listeners. Yeah, drop the million and then you got it right. <laughs> you know, I like to look forward. I like to speak aspirationally. I mean, you love manifesting things and all you've been doing is we have in a, a little friendship event on Saturday tomorrow. A friendship event. <laughs> a friendship we have event. a slumber party. <laughs> we have an adult slumber party with our friend Aaron. And I'm in charge of cocktails, so I came up with a tequila cocktail, and Andrea has been hell-bent on watermelon juice, and I'm like, I cannot find watermelons. They do not exist right now. It is goddamn, what, March 12th? Bitch goes to the grocery store today. Watermelons, 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 in the grocery store. Yep, that. So she she's she's a queen of manifesting things that she wants. I bought three watermelons. I was so excited. To me, it's like the watermelon is like the groundhog seeing its shadow. It's it's the the daisy through the concrete. It's like it's spring summer's coming i can make watermelon so essentially i had one job and now we're just making watermelon juice (laughs) i planned a very elaborate cocktail centered around guava juice and here we are no we'll still have your cocktails for sure will you like them as much i don't know (laughs) it's on you yeah make me love it i will sell me (laughs) are you gonna shake it no I recommend you shake it. I like it more. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> okay. Next question. Do you believe in ghosts or paranormal activity? Why did that paranormal? paranormal? Do you no. believe in ghosts or paranormal activity? Have you had any personal experiences that impact your beliefs? Is that what you were going to say? I mean, I was going to reread it, but now we're just going to keep it like that. Perfect. I refuse to say more because we all love a good example of Andrea's 
Southern drawl. I was told to inject my Southern accent into every episode. Okay. So Whoop, there it is. Here it is. There it is. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, personally, I believe that energy exists after somebody is gone, but I have not... Unfortunately, I would love to be haunted. Nobody's haunted me. I'm not that important. I, um, I've had multiple experiences. Tell me everything. <laughs> I don't even think that personally as a friend, I know this about you. Okay. Yeah. I've had multiple experiences. So, um, I've, <laughs> I've had a couple of experiences being visited by people I know who have passed and um, the the yeah, the first the first time it happened was I don't know probably about like four years or so ago and a good friend of mine who's my age passed away when we were in our twenties and um, I was in a yoga class and I was in shavasana and I suddenly felt uh, her presence energy very very strongly and um I just felt an overwhelming sense of peace and uh her communicating that she was at peace and she was okay and it lasted for probably just about 15 or 20 seconds and she was gone and it was but it was very very intense and very emotional but also very um very comforting and just kind of a, a lovely a lovely moment um i don't even know how to explain it it's really hard to explain it's just it's yeah most people i know that i've had any sort of experience like that it's i mean it's very hard to put words to there are no because there it's not like they talk to you it's just it's a feeling it's it's almost like this a knowing symbiosis that occurs where you know exactly who it is that's there and you can feel what they're feeling and that that's been my experience is i can feel what that person is feeling. <laughs> Another experience. Um, Do you tell? In Iceland a few years ago. Yeah. And we were staying in this old, I mean, it, it should have known, just you walk up and it's this very old building and it was really cool that they had converted into a hotel and um, it just, it had that, that feel about it when you walked in that there was just life had occurred there and I think it was night two I have a an electric toothbrush and I was um I was <laughs> sleeping we were sleeping and in the middle of the night I was awakened by some just I didn't know what it was, you know, you're dead asleep and you hear this noise and I went in, it was coming from the bathroom and I went in and, um, I was like, what is that noise? And my toothbrush had turned on spontaneously and it was on the, it was on the floor and, Perfect it, was, place and for it was a toothbrush. on and I was like, okay, that's really weird. And then it happened again the next night. <laughs> And I was like, the first night I was just I like, love the ghost that's like, I love dental hygiene so much. Yeah, just, I just want to brush these ghost teeth. It's the weirdest thing. It was just like, the, I think the first night I just, I don't know. I, I was like, yeah. I don't know what's going on. And then it, when it happened again, it was like, 
Um, okay, this is a ghost. There's a ghost. And it was kind of a new toothbrush, too. And then literally, like, a day later, my toothbrush died. It stopped. It would not work. It totally died. I had to throw it away. Mm. That ghost and that's, jacked up my toothbrush. <laughs> and that's what we learned, that after death, hygiene still important. Yeah, it was either yeah, that if or I was a ghost, that ghost was like, trying to get off. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. You never know. It either was super into dental hygiene or... Super just... horny and couldn't find a vibrator. Exactly. <laughs> horny ghost. Next best thing. Horny ghost in Iceland. Watch out. Horny ghost in Iceland. Um, so oh. yeah, those are... Okay, yeah, I've got, I've got nothing else to add to that. I had made a couple notes about this, that, and the other, but I feel like we really just <laughs> took that out to pasture. <laughs> and I'm fine with it. Perfect. I wish I had more to add, but I was like, nope, there's, there's nothing else. Nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Get it out of your system! Blah, 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 I can't stop procrastinating the things that truly make me happy. Help. Well, I say procrastinate, procrastinating about the things that make you happy. <laughs> oh, okay. No, no, no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Baby steps. Do not um, take that as advice. No. What I like to do is actually pick like three things that you're going to do in a week. Like I'll set myself up on a Monday, I'll pick three goals and they're like minimal goals. It's go for a walk three times, you know, one or two times. You don't need to overdo it on a Monday. Just sit down, make a little baby list. It's not a to-do list. It's a to-da list. So if you do it, great. If you don't, like you're the only one keeping track. Different, different thoughts and feelings from Andrea. I, I mean, I can my, tell by the look in your eyes. My, <laughs> my eyes are saying one thing. My body is saying something else. I say, why? Why are you procrastinating things in your life? I think that is the first question you need to ask yourself. I think that. When speaking from personal experience, if I am avoiding something, it's because I'm scared of it and I'm scared of what it means. I'm scared of change. I'm, I'm scared of how it's going to shake up my life. Um, and so I think it's important to ask yourself why to begin with, why, why, you know, you aren't allowing yourself that, ability to move on or move forward and to do something else with your life. I think once you answer that question, then it becomes an easier conversation about how you achieve what you really want. And once you've sort of worked through whatever fear and trauma you've got about those things, then you can figure out your path to achieve them. Much more helpful than my advice. <laughs> no. no, totally. I, I mean, mean I, when, when you make a big lifestyle change, right, in any capacity, whether it's, I don't know, things that you're doing, not doing, 
at all. I don't really know how to summate that because everybody's experience is so different. I mean, it's 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 really scary to commit to a different way of being. Yeah, yeah. I think what's helped me when I've when I felt stuck in situations, and whether that's a relationship or that's a work situation or whatever it is, I think just pulling yourself out of um, your day-to-day reality is important sometimes to get some perspective and to really look inward and figure out what's important. And I think when you have those light bulb moments, those moments of clarity, take them and latch onto them and do not let go. And yeah. it's important to have those and it's important to, to, um, give yourself that space and that freedom to let your mind kind of wander. And it's, it's hard to do that sort of in the day to day and the routine yeah. of, of daily life. Going hiking for me is that yeah. it's where everything else is quiet and my mind is very sharp and I'm not particularly thinking about anything. Oh, and yeah. the Even. thoughts, the thoughts that come into my mind as I'm just walking alone in the woods are the ones where I'm like, oh, there's the answer that I've been like trying to find for so long. They just kind of come to you in those moments. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you can find them. Yeah. You don't. <laughs> On the toilet. I mean, what is your happy place? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever yeah. it is, pull yourself out of your daily routine. Yeah. Get out of your environment, get into another environment and inhabit that and yeah meditate meditate into that you know let your mind wander allow yourself your mind allow yourself your mind (laughs) (sighs) words they come so freely (laughs) like the blowing of the wind yep you never realize words until you record yourself talking for hours at a time and then you learn a lot and then you hate yourself and then you become okay with yourself and then you hate yourself again (laughs) speak for yourself um hi i'm the one who has to edit this so i have a lot of feelings and emotions about my my everything I want to move across the country, but I'm scared. What do you need to do physically and emotionally to make it happen? Oh, is that, should I answer? Okay. So I've, I've moved across the country way too many times. Same, same. I, We've both done it probably yeah, I've done the same amount the old of times. Chrissy Crossy, I've created a rhombus basically with my moves. Georgia, New York, L.A., Georgia, Connecticut, Utah. What shape is that? I do not know. It's a rhombus. Right in. It's actually not a rhombus. It's just a weird crisscross. You've created your own. Yes. Shocking. My own shape. It's mine. It's been trademarked. It's called the Andrea Graham. (laughs) (laughs) And I've I've done um, New Hampshire to Utah to Connecticut and then back to Utah, so... The old just, triangle. It's an old... Hey, just like you, you're a triangle. Oh, thank you. It's a vagina reference. It's, I mean, you know, all jokes aside, it can definitely be scary. And Absolutely. I think it's, it was easier when I was younger, for sure. Um, what helped me in those moves was having 
kind of a what kind of drove some of those decisions was knowing somebody in the city that I moved to. It takes definitely a step and a jump and a leap into the unknown and you kind of have to hold your breath a little bit and just do it. One of the things that I thought about with this question was definitely connecting with people before you move there and that can mean that you already have friends there. Fantastic. But if not, like maybe you have friends that have friends that live there and I would say logistically, um, I like to, and I've done this twice now, of like the across country move enough money for a security deposit, maybe one to two months of rent, um, countering in maybe if you don't have a job lined up, like a month of being unemployed, and a U-Haul, of course. Um, that's just what I drive because I'm gay. Oh my God. We do- I drove a 16-foot Penske truck. From L.A. to Georgia, but we we decided, I went with a friend of mine, and we decided to take the longest possible route. So we went from L.A. <laughs> LA to U, the desert of Utah, down to Goblin Valley, up to Salt Lake. Perfect. Into Wyoming. Of course. Through the Tetons. We popped into uh, South Dakota. And then we went all through, like, kind of the northern Midwest. So through, like, all of South Dakota, which was very long, through the Badlands, uh, through Minnesota, through Iowa, and blah, 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 through all those states. <laughs> and then... Sorry the, if you live in blah, blah, blah. Yeah, because the goal... Because we really... I had never been to Kentucky before. Neither of us had really wanted to go to Kentucky so we created this super long about route so we could go through Kentucky and go to whiskey distilleries but it was so worth it it was a blast and then went down into Tennessee and it was great so with all my belongings in a 16 foot Penske truck and I will say through all of that it was like a 16 day trip We drove that Penske truck on a dirt road in Goblin (laughs) Valley, like the bumpiest dirt road ever. Goblin Valley is not kind. Not a single single glass broke. It was love that for you. Packed perfectly. Of course it was. It was you. As opposed to when I hired movers from Connecticut to Utah and shit was broken all over the place. I was like Christ on crutches. Hi. Maybe you should take a lesson from me, packing professional. <laughs> yeah, maybe you should reevaluate your but it is, choice. But it is a lot. Che- no, I'm not going to become a, a moving professional. Um, quite the downgrade for you. It is a lot cheaper to do, even though it's a lot of work, yeah. it is a lot cheaper to do it yourself than to hire a moving company. So yeah, be prepared to drive a very large. Oh, and my favorite thing when I left LA, my friend gave me, because you got to lock up the back, right? Mm-hmm. And they don't give you a lock or whatever. So he gave me this massive padlock. But the best part of this padlock is he had just printed on a, um, on a label maker FBI and it was printed and he popped it onto that padlock and gave it to me and said no one will touch it because it says FBI (laughs) and I was like dude it's a label Label maker maker. that you can peel off and I still have it and it makes me laugh to this day FBI no one will touch and nobody did touch it I don't think it was because of that FBI but a few months ago, 
this person who I knew but hadn't spoken to in a long time, eh, let's call her Mildred, <laughs> reached out. We quickly became friends, and I developed feelings for her. Mildred made the first move, and I also expressed reciprocal feelings. When I asked to make things official, Mildred said she takes a long time to commit to relationships and that she waited a year before dating her last partner. After two years of dating, they still were never able to say, I love you. What do I do? Run, get a one-way ticket to wherever she is not going, and stay there, was my first thought. She's either not that into you, obvious, right? Or there is some very deep-seated trauma that is disallowing her the ability to commit. And if that's the case, uh, you know, you can't fix that for her. She needs to heal from that herself. So there's nothing to come from this um, uh, other than potential heartbreak, I think, you know? Yeah. And you're, you're just kind of setting yourself, setting yourself up here for disappointment and heartache and you know you deserve more I don't know you but I'm gonna say she you does. deserve more to me it feels like an evasive tactic yeah I think there's there's certainly a major level of immaturity here you know Just anybody funny because she's older <laughs> well age does not mean anything oh, okay. in, in my experience fair, um, fair. I think that you know if she's not able to be honest and to be forthright with how she's feeling and whether that's she's not into you or whether that's, you know, she's just not in a place in her life to commit or whatever the reason is, um, it sounds like she's just not being honest. And, yeah. you know, nobody wants to be with somebody that's dishonest or that starts some type of relationship on the premise of dishonesty and it doesn't establish a, a baseline of trust and you know that's just that's not Absolutely. what anybody needs no. or wants no you should start a relationship from like a good and exciting place and not a place of like doubt yeah feeling, yeah, feeling like discern. the person doesn't like you I mean yeah you want to start a relationship with somebody who is so rad and jazzed for you yeah you should be honeymooning rad and jazzed <laughs> i love that you said that i just let it i watched it come out of your mouth and i was like yeah you do you don't want to start a start anything with a person who um isn't at least forthright yeah. about the fact that they are totally into you and want to you know bathe your your feet in Jules, I don't know. <laughs> I just held such hard eye yeah. contact with you because I was like, where are we going and with this? I said, Take me there. Your feet in jewels. Yeah. But you know what I mean. I yeah. 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 No, and it's also, I mean, you can fall for somebody who might not be like emotionally available to date somebody, but they can also communicate that. Like I feel like I'm imagining you um, typing out on a typewriter on an index card 
here are my issues, and then you have a list. And then you, you think I could fit my issues on an just, index card? That's no, so sweet of no, you. No, we would abbreviate them into quick lines, and then I imagine you laminating it. I imagine you delivering them to somebody. Hand, oh, I, okay, I like that idea, too. So in the middle of your date, I just, I come in, excuse me, I have something for you, and then I You're just, my Chris Harrison. I present to them a laminated index card. I'm imagining like a, a hot pink index card. And I'm like, this is it. Read it. Do you accept the terms and conditions? Give everybody all of the information that they need and then let them make an adult informed decision about what they're going to do about it. You're like, we've got a limo waiting outside. <laughs> we've got your bag packed. I don't, I don't have a limo. There's no limo. <laughs> yeah, no. but it's, it's kind of yeah. like a fantasy sweet card but it's but it's the opposite the opposite because <laughs> it's actually just these are my issues are you okay with them do you accept them yeah you should never have to like wonder how somebody feels about you no Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> don't wonder just feel it don't wonder just plunder each Let other's pussies them wash your hands I don't know. If they're not, if they're not, if they're not willing to, to wash your hair in jewels, then bye. This has been two birds, one stone. <laughs> I, I like the idea of just always exiting with. Your a very, very deep a voice. Very deep voice. Okay. A very raspy voice. Um, we would love to hear your feedback. We'd love to hear any Absolutely. questions or advice that you have. If you would like to email us, we are at two birds one stone pod at gmail.com. And that is two, the number two, and one, the number one. <laughs> I love it so much for us. <laughs> I, I don't know why I always feel like I need to lean heavily into the mic, too, when I do that You voice. do. You really just go bust forward I right know. into that mic. And it just it gets me into, into gets, practice. It gets going. gets me into the zone. Do you know what we're going to do now? We're going to... Oh. Oh, oh we're going we're gonna to see ourselves I gonna, out. I was going to try to... I was trying to... <laughs> I cued you with my eyes. I you, can't always read them. Most of the time, they just... You did not pick up on what it I was It is true that out. most of the time when you give me those eyes, it's get out of my house, so I should have probably... <laughs> left. We'll see. God! Why is it always so painful? Why is it always so painful? Do I... I need a countdown. I, you always need a countdown. Okay, all right. Let me wait. watch your fingers. Okay, you love watching my fingers count down. We'll see ourselves out.